Oh my god, Nathan. What? Oof, someone's a happy boy. What's going on? Oh, did you, you watched the movie, right? <laughs> oh yeah, the extended cut. Oh, okay, well I only saw the theatrical cut. Oh wait, maybe you didn't see it because you saw the extended cut. Did you stop watching once the credits started? No, no, I, I rolled on through to the mid. I knew oh, it was there. Oh yeah. man, so you saw the mid-credits scene, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, dude. I am here for the sequel. I am so excited. You had Sinestro, and he oh. was like, oh, shit, I found, like, the yellow power, which is whatever, whatever whatever it was called. And he starts, oh. like, transforming, and I'm like, whoa! Oh, 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 so you think they're they're going to do a sequel because there was a mid-credits Oh, oh yeah, Nathan. It's coming. Oh. I know the first one was 2011, so we must be real quick. And I know the theaters, you know, the theaters are closed right now. That's fine, but we're going to get it. It's going to come out. It's going to be great. I am jacked. Oh, Brendan, sweetie, honey, no. It's this this did terrible with the critics and at the box office. Uh they, they, people who were involved with it have spoken nothing but ill of it. Uh they, they're not making a sequel oh hold on hold on i'm sure dvd blu-ray sales were off the charts though no in in fact i i only have a copy of it on blu-ray because i found it at the bottom of a box of free stuff and i was like i should throw this out i'm never gonna watch it and then you know i i thought of our show and i was like no i'll probably end up watching it Okay, so don't lie to me anymore, Nathan. Do you have the... Is this the sequel already came out, didn't it? I must have just missed it. I must have just missed no, it. You must already no, have uh, it on DVD fact, or Blu-ray. Speaking of mid-credits, uh, you know, uh, you remember the mid-credit on on um, Deadpool 2? Sure, sure. Where, where Deadpool shoots Ryan Reynolds right before he's about to take the role of Green Lantern. He's like, you made it, kid. That that scene? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that sort of happened to the sequel... By the executives, they just they just shot it in the head. It's not getting made. Uh, uh, are, are, you, are you are you serious? Yeah, I mean Ryan Reynolds has nothing but terrible things to say about it. Oh no, actually, wait, wait. He is put, trying to put get people to be you know uh, charitable and generous in this you know this time and need to help out like frontline workers and whatnot. Uh, he's actually doing a lot of favors for people who donate. Uh, and tag him on it, and they'll they'll get like signed merch or something like that. I bet if you did something really big, he he might c- consider doing the the sequel. But you'd probably need a lot, a lot of money. Oh man, how am I gonna raise that? Yeah, like you could do something really big, but I mean, you don't want to spend your money. Uh, you you could do a Kickstarter, but I can't do a Kickstarter. I'm I'm not a billionaire. Uh, yes, Brendan. We're just chilling. And, and illin' like a villain? In the podcast cave. Oh, okay. Uh, are you doing some sort of weird 
Playboy Grotto thing, because I'm not comfortable with that. Separate podcast caves. Yes, we we have a considerable amount of social distancing going on right here. Six feet apart, just one foot longer than the movie that we all know and love. A hundred kilometers apart. <laughs> it's a mud. It's a, that's a very weird uh, romantic uh, drama film. It, hundred kilometers apart. Yeah, it's real weird. <laughs> this is a podcast called "What Were They Thinking," where we talk about bad to questionable movies, and we have that this week i think it's both it? <laughs> yeah once again not uh, not trying to not trying to mess with the format here nathan what have you bestowed upon us this week well i was legitimately looking through a box of free stuff that i got and found hey i am not kidding blu-ray 3d extended cut Ooh. of this wow so we're watching Green Lantern. Green Lantern. This is a movie that I'm actually a little bit surprised we're only doing now. <laughs> I'm I'm kind of shocked because this is this is one this is actually one of the few superhero movies I actually have never seen until you picked it for this podcast. Oh really? Yeah, well here's the thing. I hadn't seen it all the way through until I watched it for this podcast. I had seen every time I tried to watch it, fell asleep. <laughs> that is that is exactly what I was gonna say. I had seen the extended. I had I had started watching the extended cut, which you watched for this, and I watched the yep. theatrical. So we'll have some a little bit of comparison here, a little differences. It'll, it'll be a Showgirls two type situation. <laughs> that's right. But this time we're in the know. Hey, we're in the same country, so that's true as well. But yeah, I only watched like I only started watching the extended cut before, and man, I got through like ten minutes, and I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> it's just like because the opening and the extended cut, from what I understand, is all flashback, right? That's that's what I remember. It's a yeah, it's it's a big portion of you know the you know Hal's fear stuff, so. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a little bit of backstory between the 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 friends. So before we even get into this, I mean, Green Lantern is. It's kind of a, I don't want to say it's a big deal, but it's kind of a big catalyst for Ryan Reynolds taking, kind of taking over Deadpool. Well, that and how they had him portrayed Deadpool in Wolverine Origins. Mm-hmm. So Those two movies, yeah, these two movies are definitely the impetus for Ryan Reynolds being like, I want to make good superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this thing, oh my God, I, I look at this number and it makes me sick, Nathan. This movie cost $200 million to make. Yep. And it made grand total worldwide two hundred and nineteen point five million dollars. So that's a loss because there's no way that you know there's no way no way that made money back. Yeah, yeah, there's no way the marketing budget is not almost double that budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think it also was what put a lot of the DCU stuff on hold for a long time too. Mm-hmm. It was the Justice League of its day. Pretty much, <laughs> which is a shame too, because like I'm not a big DC guy. I'm gonna tell you that. But from my understanding, the Green Lantern is a pretty well-respected character um, in you know that comic verse. So for them to put that kind of money into this, mm-hmm. get a star like Ryan Reynolds, not to mention his supporting cast, yeah, and the, the amount of effects that they put into this, and for it to not be at the very least a moderate hit it really tells you something about the the quality of this movie and this was like 
three years, maybe two or three years after Ryan Reynolds like had started hitting his stride. So this was like Ryan Reynolds was a popular dude, like a popular actor. You put him in a movie, people will go to it. You put him in a comic book movie, you've got so many people going and it just it was a it's kind of a colossal failure. <laughs> and it's a shame too because I mean, yeah, he was he was really he was starting to kind of inch up there and as far as like his profile goes, um he probably did he didn't hit it considerably bigger until well, you know, Deadpool and that started coming around. But Oh yeah, that's like mega stardom. Yeah. But I mean, he was at the very least he was a oh he's that guy who was in that thing like he yeah, was yeah. recognizable to people, and um, for this to do as it did because oh, and he 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 looks the part of Hal Jordan. Mm-hmm. I will say this: I feel there was stuff that I don't know if he was punching up or trying to add to the character, but I felt that a, a big thing that took away from this was his portrayal of Hal Jordan. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I I don't know a lot about the character, but I will say that I found like he is kind of a bright spot, uh, just for trying to inject some life into this thing. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll we'll get into it. And uh, I was uh, I was actually messaging with Coog uh, about this uh, while I was watching it because he's a he's a big DC guy, mm-hmm. and um, I was asking him, you know about his idea, uh, what his thoughts were on the way Hal was portrayed by Ryan Reynolds and whatnot. So we can get into that, and I'll tell you why I feel that it it's it's out of place uh, in the movie, in my can opinion. I, can I just say, too, like, the director of this movie, Martin Campbell, is an odd choice to me. Why is that? Um, well, just, I mean, he has done a lot of action movies, but it just, like... I don't know. It feels like a strange choice. I'm not saying he does like, well, I mean, he doesn't do a great job, obviously, but I mean, we have him doing Goldeneye, mm-hmm. The Mask of Zorro, Vertical Limit, The Legend Oof. of Zorro, Casino Royale, Edge of Darkness, and The Foreigner. Actually, six years after Green Lantern is The Foreigner. So it took six years after that movie for him to make another another film. Yeah. And listen, I'm not here to judge, but he also was 67 when he directed this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's 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 strange. That's like can you imagine like Clint Eastwood directing a Marvel movie? <laughs> uh, maybe a couple of characters I could think of. But... Captain America. It's all I want to do. <laughs> oh, Clint Eastwood be... should play Vince McMahon. He could do he could be he could direct the uh the next Captain America movie but have it just be old. Captain America, Chris Pine. Oh, that would be amazing. At the end of Avengers. <laughs> uh, oh, did you say Chris Pine? You had a Brendan Sorry. Wall disease there. Chris Evans. <laughs> I just said my last name. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he could. You mean he could be like just hanging out on his porch being racist to be able to get off his lawn? <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> Insert slur here. <laughs> Captain Gran Torino. <laughs> So, oh, Green Lantern. Yeah, we should probably start talking about this we movie. We should probably start talking about this movie. What the fuck is Green Lantern about, Nathan? Well, um, if you're watching the extended cut, it's uh, two hours and 13 minutes. You're not getting back. Good lord. Um, it, or Sorry, two hours and three minutes. It's about a, uh, a space corps of, or space cops, if you will. Yes. Um, and every quadrant of the universe has their uh, their own... Green Lantern, who's like a patrolman, like seriously underfunded. I'm saying I there's no 
there's there's no reason for it, and I feel that's why crime is up in our universal quadrant. But that's that's my soapbox for another time. Um, whenever a, a lantern is either killed in action or is retires, they they have to pick a replacement. Uh, this movie centers on our hero Hal Jordan, uh, the Green Lantern that we talked about, and uh, his origin story of being uh, picked to be the Green Lantern, um, and the hilarity that ensues. Uh, <laughs> Hal Jordan is a test pilot for the Navy. Uh, he oh no he's not he his he's uh, he works for a private yeah it's like a company f- Ferris or Ferris something. yes. Yeah. Um, so he's a test pilot for Ferris um, uh, Aeronautics, I'm guessing. Yeah. And um, he uh, one he's got some post traumatic stress about his uh, his dad dying in an airplane accident, which can sometimes impact his job. Um, one night while he's kind of wallowing in his uh, his own self pity. I thought you were gonna uh, say his own filth. No, self pity. <laughs> He's very clean. Just shitting himself just <laughs> on the floor. Uh, he saves this uh, this uh, lantern core member for uh, you know the Earth quadrant, and uh, he well he doesn't save him. He finds him after he's been uh, shot. Um, by parallax, which uh, sounds like a laxative that makes you poop so much you can't move, but uh, it's neither here nor there. <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> uh, the uh, the ring picks Hal because he, you know, he uh, has that something special mm-hmm. uh, in him. And oh, you know what? I screwed this all up. He's not wallowing. He's at his uh, he's at his nephew's birthday party. That's when the ring picks him at first, isn't it? Um, I think so. Yeah. So anyways, whether I'm ruining it or not, he's, he, you know, he finds the, uh, the, the fallen, uh, lantern core member, uh, the, the transfers his power, gives him a lantern that does not look like a lantern. Nope. It uh. reminded me of, I don't know why, but I, it, remi- it reminded me of evil bong. <laughs> yes. I have that too. That's a, I actually, when they showed it, I was like, that is a bitch and bong. Um, <laughs> So he takes on the role of the Green Lantern uh, for you know our part of the universe, and he has to help stop Parallax, um, the uh, pooping laxative monster uh, that feeds on fear. I'm guessing fear is oh severely God. high in fiber. Let's <laughs> say fear of going to the bathroom. <laughs> Parallax, there you go. Ter- ter- scared stiff of having to poop, um, and. Yeah, and then of course we've got a week. We can't just have that. Uh, there has to be some sort of human conflict. Uh, so Hal Jordan and his, uh, you know, two of his friends, uh, Peter Skarsgård and uh, or Sarsgard and Blake Lively. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't remember their characters' names. Uh, I know Blake Lively's name was Carol and Hector, isn't it? Yeah, Hector Hammond. Hector Hammond. There we go. They they have a they have a they have, they're friends and there's a, not necessarily a love triangle, um, kind but, of but not but not because yeah. it's, it's Hector's kind of one sided on his end yeah um so and uh, you know Hector becomes uh, an aide to Parallax mm-hmm. 
So, uh, but you know what? Uh, we're we're butchering this all to death. I'm sure there's a thousand DC nerds yelling at us in the comments right now. So we're Woo! just gonna gonna jump right into it here. Uh, we're gonna start out with uh, a little backstory narration on mine because I have the extended cut. I don't know if you got that. Um, I just started with the Emerald Energy of Willpower. Blah blah blah. Oh, so the ex- he's ex- explaining, you know, what the Green Lantern Corps is then. Yeah, and when they said Guardians of the, and I was like, <gasps> and then they said Universe, and I was like, oh, yeah, because oh. yeah, it's not just the galaxy; it's the entire universe. Oh, we're better, right? Uh, <laughs> right away. Now, again, I'm going along with this, so if you hear anything that does not sound familiar to you, please stop me, because, again, I watched the extended cut. I was going to say, it might be parts that I have seen. <laughs> right. Okay, so uh, we uh, we have, we have open with what looks like uh, people discovering Groot on a crashed asteroid. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, this is the Guardians of the Galaxy, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they are a little uh, scared. And uh, he, this, this is Parallax, by the way, the uh, laxative that makes you poop so much you can't move. That's right. He feeds off this fear, um, which makes him stronger, and of course, bigger. He's he's broken from the uh, you know his imprisonment. A very and shabby green like cage thing. I don't. Obviously, the like things things can be killed. Uh, he's not an eternal being from what I could tell throughout the movie. Um, and if they understood exactly how terrible, of uh, uh, unfathomable monster he was, well, why didn't they just kill him? Right? I mean, I'm not for, uh, you know, capital punishment, but <laughs> here on earth, but I mean, if Listen. it's a, if it's a, it's a, if it's a planet consuming type <laughs> entity, you, you, if you feel free to, to put that one down listen aliens don't get at us in the comments section okay if you come to our world illegally and you try to take over i think we should kill you also i'm not falling for any of that you know face hugging business either you stay six feet back my uh my general note for this is i've seen more convincing video game cutscenes. special effects in this are not great no, um, and given the staggering number that you told me that they had to make this movie, oh that it is actually God. quite shocking that they look as yeah. bad as they do in some places. And it's like, and it's like, I know, like, I, obviously the Green Lantern, you got to have green, obviously, you know, every mm-hmm. every lantern or whatever you want to call them, every every space cop has got to have green on them. But the green look into the movie just makes it look like super like murky and not well designed. Like it just yes, the design is terrible. The darkest of lighting design. Yeah. Like just <laughs> It just looks it just looks so like it, I don't know what it's I don't know how else to put it. Like you see like you see a lot of Marvel movies and you're like, "Wow, like the CGI looks great and the design looks wonderful." Like the like you know, the Infinity War and Endgame, you're like so much computer graphics, but it looks also seamless and 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 carefully designed. And this is just like throw some green on the screen. Bleh. <laughs> yeah, or you know, stand in front of some green on a screen because <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of that going on too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so from we don't get any sort of time frame reference during this whole like intergalactic uh, jailbreak, but then we cut to uh, a young Hal Jordan. Okay, and, this, is, this uh, is not in my cut. This is not in your cut. Okay, no. so uh, we cut to a young Hal Jordan uh, who has a 
super sweet Marvin the Martian cut out on his wall in his room. And this is supposed to be when he's uh, a young lad. So I think this is, I, I think it was like in the, I think it was in, in 92 or maybe it was 89 or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but it is in the past. So we, we do find that out. Um, <laughs> we, uh, there's, uh, he's going to see his dad, um, do a test flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that day uh he so he's he's ditching school uh and he rides uh he rides and runs to the uh the air uh, the airfield where his dad's working i think he works for ferris as well uh runs through the gate the security guard does not stop him i have haha we have such lax security <laughs> parallax <laughs> security Be- well because they the the everyone uh, the even the guards like <laughs> and i'm like this is is this not supposed to be a secure like national defense testing facility? I mean, I know it's not the government, but mm-hmm. they seem to be like a Northrop Grumman type place where they develop a lot of sensitive equipment for the government, yeah. and they just let the kid run through. I mean, kids are cool. Yeah. <laughs> um. They uh he he, he um, meets up with his dad uh, before his dad gets into the uh, into the the fighter jet. Um, and his father throws him his bomber jacket and says, keep it warm, son. Like, you know, <laughs> I did, I did write down that, that, okay, so that is actually shown to me as a flashback in this version, just like okay. a quick flashback. Yeah. And I wrote down that this is exactly like that football ad where he's like, Hey kid, catch. Yeah. It's the mean Joe green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's get thrown him his, uh, the, the Jersey. Oh, that's about the range. That's about the emotional range of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, this is where we meet, uh, in my cut anyways, we meet um, uh, Carol's dad. Okay. Uh, who works with uh, who works with Ferris, and he's, I guess he's one of the tech guys who helps develop the, um, uh, you know, the airplanes that uh, Hal's dad flies. He scoots the kids off to, um, to go watch from a, one of the observatory towers. Uh, Carol's there. Oh, and so is Hector. Uh, we meet young Hector and young uh, Carol as well. Uh, I'm guessing none of this was here happening for you. Zero. <laughs> so I'm going to run right through it. Uh, at this point, we get to meet uh, Tim Robbins shows up. Oh. Uh, this, so this was the first time I saw Tim Robbins, and I was like, Tim Robbins, he's the bad guy. I, I, yeah, wrote that too. As soon as I saw Tim Robbins, I was like, oh, the evil senator. Here we go. Yep, that's him. Yep. Um, and, okay, so we get to see the entire um, uh, the test uh, that uh, Hal's father does for, mm-hmm. uh, in the, uh, the, the uh, airplane that he's flying. And things start going haywire. Uh, he starts fishtailing and... And he's doing his best to stay in the plane and guide it away from the people uh, who are down on the ground or are watching, trying to get it as far away from them as possible. At several points, though, I feel that he could have just ejected because he was well away from people and he would have... All of this, all of this would have been saved. $200 million would not have been spent and we would not have watched this movie had his dad ejected. Cut print, we got a good... We got a uh, Green Lantern short. (laughs) Yep. Um... So, but he doesn't. He does manage to land the plane. Hal is, of course, running to make sure his dad is okay. His dad stands up in the cockpit, nice and slow, too. And uh, they see each other, and and, uh, Hal's dad waves to him. 
the, by the way, the the uh, the f- the plane is in flames. There's like in, in, there's there's a big bunch of fire around it, and he's just kind of standing up and waving. Yep. And then of course, kaboom, kablamo, his dad is killed in an explosion. I feel his dad was a little bit to blame because he was not moving anywhere near fast enough as a pilot in that situation would have. And see, I got pockets of that in this movie. Okay. There were little snippets of that flashback. Okay, because I'm, I'm assuming you get the part where Hal's waking up uh, yes. in the morning. That's, That's where exactly you kind of cut in. in. Yeah. Yeah, so he... I'm, was it... Was the flashback stuff like was it a dream sequence or it comes was it... in later when he's flying ah, in the next okay. scene? Okay, yeah. Oh, because it's still that that is that is in there for me too. <laughs> no, that's that's super strange. Yeah. Well, no, just just in case. Well, because again, just in case you wonder why he's you know the way he is, but I feel like that stuff would have come up a lot sooner than you know that day. No, that stuff we showed you uh, ten minutes <laughs> ago. Just want to remind you that we showed it to you. But yeah, he. This is where, so. My my next my scene here is he wakes up next to his latest conquest. That's the funny thing is we, there's an, there's actually another present day scene that looks very futuristic. So I'm guessing where uh, it's the the uh, one at the escape pod of parallax. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Uh, that fight. Um, <laughs> we and then oh we find out that uh, while he while Ryan Reynolds is uh, a test pilot. He's woefully inept at driving, uh, especially when he's late for work. But yeah, he he shows up late for work and is greeted by a understandably frustrated Blake Lively. Because she's like, how can I marry this schlub? <laughs> <laughs> I will say right now, I think those two, I don't know if they were married before this or if they got married during it or after, but they have good chemistry together. I just mm. think their dialogue is so terrible. Well, uh, we we can get into that, and, and we will get into that. So don't worry about that. Mm. She like like she she's a fairly solid actress, and I thought she was actually pretty good in this movie. Mm. I will say, yeah, I'll say for you mentioned dialogue. This is kind of the point where it started, and it hit me really early. I don't feel Hal Jordan is supposed to be like the way he's portrayed in this movie. Well, they just give him that stock, like oh, he's a cocky flyboy. But that's it. He's, from my understanding, he's not. Like, mm-hmm. his character's not, um, he, it's not a Johnny Storm type guy. Well, they need, to, they need to get that Top Gun crowd, Nathan. He's more of a, uh, he's actually more of a Captain America type. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, very uh, straight-laced and, and, and dry, you know, by the books type thing. Bravery and loyalty is important to him, but... The quips that uh, Ryan Reynolds has in this movie, almost Deadpool-esque uh, at times, just kind of take it, I don't know, like, I'm not even a Green Lantern fan, it, it felt jarring to me. Yeah. Because I've always, every encounter I've ever seen Green Lantern in, in any, you know, television shows or movie cartoons that I'm watching, he's always very straight-laced and serious, and even his backstory, I don't know if you've ever seen Justice League Doom, if you haven't, I recommend it highly, um, we find out that he's kind of got a little bit of a tortured past as well, so he's very, he's not um, the, uh, you know, fun-loving guy making with the one-liners. 
But that's what Ryan Reynolds is, and I think that's why they get him to do I it. I think that I feel that's it too. I think that like I think some of it was uh, a dialogue punch up, maybe on his part, intentionally or unintentionally. I I think it's more a directive from producers or studio because yeah. they're like, we've got Ryan Reynolds, we want him to be Ryan Reynolds, like, but this isn't what this character is. And I bet you Ryan Reynolds fought for that too, because I can see it because he's a big comic book guy in general. So mm-hmm. I can see him being like, well, why? I, I don't think I should be making quips and stuff. They're like, no, 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 make some quips. You're Ryan Reynolds. We want to get that Ryan Reynolds bank. Yeah. Uh, so he's, oh, yes. So this is their, their big day. They're, they're testing equipment for, that's gonna, supposed to be bought by the uh, U.S. military, these uh, drones. And so him and Blake Lively are supposed to go up in their fighter jets and they're supposed to outperform these, uh, these drones. Um, you know, and she, he totally, uh, Kobayashi Maru's her, just sacrifices her as a pawn, um, and then flies up in the air to stall his plane out. All the while this is going on, he's, um, you know, having kind of some flashbacks to when his dad died, Mm -hmm. right? So I feel that that whole thing would have come up long before this day in his life. Oh yeah, it's just conv- it's just movie convenience. Like we have to have it come up for a reason for him to get distracted. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that. That also takes me out of the you know, I guess the suspension of disbelief that I'm supposed to have because I don't think he would be flying an airplane because I don't feel like this whole post traumatic you know thing for him it would be this would not be the first time. So, I mean, it would have come up a long time ago. For sure. And, yeah, yeah he totally decoys her. Yes. <laughs> and then just uh, fucking uh, eventually gets out of the plane and stalls the Sabre pilots or the Sabre ships or whatever. Yeah, he flies, like, straight up into the atmosphere. Um, they can only go so high, so they kind of freeze. They stall out. They crash. And then, of course, his plane stalls out. Now, his the idea is that he will stall out, but he will be wide awake and alert and able to you know get the plane back on and ride it and then be able to land it uh because of his post-traumatic stress disorder that does not happen and he has to eject and totals like a multi-million dollar plane yep and then um i wrote i i think uh i wrote a blake lively between her and her dad she definitely wears the pants in that relationship um because he's like he's like well i'm gonna lay off most of my staff now because you fucked up this contract so you're fired and she's like no 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 no, suspended pending investigation and he's like okay <laughs> whatever daddy's princess wants daddy's princess gets <laughs> I think after this is uh, the the crash, right? You see, like, the, after the, um, the crash of that other Green Lantern dude who got injured by uh, Parallax. Yes. And he's like, go ring and find my replacement. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I wrote, I wish the rest of the movie was just that ring's journey. <laughs> There's a voice. Keeps on calling me. <laughs> go down to town trying to find people who, you know... Maybe tomorrow I'll finally settle down. <laughs> Till tomorrow I'll just keep moving on. But yeah, the, so the ring, so the littlest ring hobo is uh, going through town. Right. And, and uh, oh, I have got a question here because okay. this is where Ryan Reynolds um, goes to like his brother's house, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's his uh, nephew's birthday. How 
and there's a report on TV about the incident. Mm-hmm. How? Wasn't that like an isolated place where no one else was? Because they said there were witnesses on the scene. I'm like, what witnesses? Okay, so even if, even if, um, you know, it wasn't uh, a super secretive testing base. Because remember, again, it's not, um, it's not a government base. It is. It's like Northrop Grumman or um, Lockheed Martin or something like that. They're a public company, so you know yeah. they're they wouldn't be doing things in a clandestine manner. Mm. Um, I will say this though, with uh, the fact that you know there was a the incident, was a, there was a crash and everything like that. I don't think they would have his name no that quickly. No, it, like they have it like the same day. Yeah. Like, and that they were like, oh, he went to this hospital, but he was cleared and everything seems to be okay. And I'm like, what? It's yeah. been like four hours. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's plot convenience, right? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Um, but he does, he does spend some quality exposition time with the family. Yes. Uh, because we find say, out that his brother is just sick to death of his, you know, cavalier, uh, cavalier, your kick. Brash behavior. Thank you. <laughs> cavalier. Yeah, cavalier brash behavior. Because he's like, you're trying to be like your dad. And then he's like, don't you remember that motorcycle accident that put you in the hospital for a month? And I'm like, oh, exposition. It's got to go somewhere, I guess. Yeah, we, we guess, well, just to find out that he's a, a little more carefree with the risk than he probably should be. Even though I think we got that idea already. We do, but I mean, we you get, I don't get the feeling that he is in that type of place we ha- like they don't they it's so much so that they have to have this to explain that he's been doing this for a while but i feel like every character that talks to hal in this movie at least one of their lines is like you never be like your old man or like hey you're trying to be like your dad and it's like i get it <laughs> i understand right. the character <laughs> shut up so <laughs> after all that uh, he goes upstairs uh, to see his nephew and calls him a funny-looking bastard. Is that what he called him? Yes, <laughs> he's oh. like, because his his nephew was scared because he'd seen the uh, the report of his airplane crash, hmm. and uh, he's like, ah, no, don't think about this. Here, I can tell tell you a story of this uh, this, this funny look at this kid I knew. He's a pitcher and. Funny looking little bastard too, and and he he pitched a no hitter, and and then his nephew's like, hey, that's me, and, and he's like, oh, it wasn't, it was you, buddy. I'm like, did you just call his nephew a funny looking bastard? I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds. You gotta laugh. See, but that's it. It shouldn't be like that. Um, Coog even said that he felt that he likes Ryan Reynolds, but he felt that you know his portrayal of Hal Jordan was a little too immature. I feel like it's just miscasting. Yeah, yeah. Like, I and, and again, I think he. It's almost like a Jesse Eisenberg situation in uh, in uh, Batman versus Superman, where I like Jesse Eisenberg and I like the effort he's putting in. I like what he's doing. I don't necessarily think it fits in with that Lex Luthor character, but right. I don't think it's his fault. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I think the director or the producers or whatever are pushing Ryan well, Reynolds no, to be this funny guy, and that's it. Like, and he's can't... just kind of like, oh, I guess so, whatever. I, I I suppose I mean you you can't fault him for doing kind of what he's told um you know for the job uh because you know you are, you run a real fine line with that either you you do what you're told and you do the best with what you can do with what you're given or 
Uh, you can, you know, fight tooth and nail for the integrity of this character and then get deemed as difficult to work with. And, I mean, he had more power to do that years later when he did Deadpool, so. Yeah. In, in fact, so much so that with, I mean, with Deadpool, he was, he was very much, it was very much played to to the chest because it's it was his baby he didn't want it to be screwed up at all because this was the character that he wanted to do mm-hmm. he didn't want to have it be where you know like it, like the way it went with uh x-men origins where they stitched his mouth closed Good and Lord. he didn't have any of the fucking he didn't have the outfit on or anything it's like let's remake that killer shark movie jaws but let's make it a stingray there you go, right? It'll be a cave eel. That's what it'll be, a <laughs> per- cave eel. Perfect. Edgy. Yeah. yeah. So, th- yeah, this is where Hal, one of the worst CGI effects in the movie, where that green ring ball transports him across town. Well, to- okay, so it fl- it flies out um, it, it flies out uh, of the, uh, the lantern ring, finds mm-hmm. Hal as he's having this tender moment where he's consoling his... Uh, nephew and telling him that you know to not be afraid to be brave um and all that and that's the i guess that's the integrity that the ring sees because then it just flies into his chest (laughs) yeah and um and then yeah he leaves the party and of course he's feeling sorry for himself because uh, uh of you know how much he has to lose and he doesn't take that into consideration and everything and he's sucked up in the giant green ball Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then he, and then, having arrived at the scene and seeing this dying purple alien in a globe, uh, a flying globe, he uh, calls up his best friend Taika Watiti. Yes, I did find it interesting though. The, uh, the when he meets the alien guy face to face just before the alien guy dies, the alien guy has this this <laughs> the look of disappointment on his face <laughs> that I almost wanted to be like, really ring. This is what you came back with. I gave you seven days, Ring. Hey. <laughs> so yes, no, he, he calls his tech buddy, who I'm not sure why his tech buddy is is happy with him, because he's probably out of a job now, too. That's true. I was just blown away that it was Taika Waititi. <laughs> um, actually, what's funny is he said, he, he did an interview, uh, or he talked about this movie or whatever, and he said, the reason I was hired is they wanted someone that wasn't white but wasn't black. Oh my god! Isn't that that's so weird? That's such a weird thing. We want someone that's like not white, but we don't want a black dude, but like somewhere in the middle. <laughs> he was just like, "All right, I guess I'll do it." <laughs> it's just crazy to see him in this. It's almost like he's sitting here doing research, like, "Okay, when I make Thor Ragnarok, don't do this, don't do this, don't do that." And uh, he doesn't. And this is where he talks about. Um, he didn't. I don't know. And picked for like uh, you know the the responsibility and, and and honor and stuff like that. And and uh, his buddy's like, yeah, responsibility means asshole. I'm like, what the fuck kind of dialogue is this? <laughs> Terrible, right? Um, they also, as he as the alien dude dies, um, they see like helicopters showing up, and they're like, quick, let's get out of here. And I'm like, that doesn't look suspicious at all. Yeah, no, yeah, the and of course, being helicopters up in the air, there's no way that they can see taillights from a jeep driving away from the scene. No, and helicopters don't have lights either, right? right nor, nor do they have the ability to pursue the vehicles that they see driving away from the scene. No, helicopters are known to be very slow. Right, and and stationary. <laughs> right. 
But I think after this, uh, or at least in my cut, we go to space where it's yes, like the we, Jedi uh, Council. I'm guessing everything that's in that was in yours is in mine. Yeah. It's not a situation where it got it got switched around or, or changed. Uh, <laughs> although I have seen that happen. I think a Daredevil movie did that. The end of the movie was 45 minutes in. What? <laughs> no, this is like the Jedi Council with those like brain dudes. Yes, because uh, we get to meet uh, Merlin from the Kingsman. Yeah. <laughs> so many infinitely better comic book movies again in the but uh, but made by people in this terribly terribly bad comic book movie i, I just wrote that he was like the red devil ham guy <laughs> yeah. i was like he's that just is, mad yes. someone stole his ham <laughs> this is it, yes sinestro <laughs> yeah sinestro and i don't think he like he physically cannot look happy because of his eyebrows yeah, it's like a it's a Vulcan type thing. I actually wrote down having no knowledge of this thing. I'm like, wait, his name is a playoff on the word sinister. Yeah, he his eyebrows are arched like like in an evil manner. Yeah, and I'm supposed to believe he's going to be a good guy for this entire film. Yeah. Okay, movie. Um, they they also the brain dudes also when he when he tells him about parallax, um, because you know his bowels are t- having uh, issues with it, mm-hmm. um. The brain dudes respond in the most HR corporate like manner ever. Uh, it's like we are aware of the threat. We are assessing the situation. I think of uh, the observer from or brain guy from Mystery Science Theater when <laughs> I when I saw these guys. Like, oh, they don't take a whole lot of action. <laughs> no, they barely. Well, the only action they do take is the reason all this shit is happening. Yeah. Well, yeah. Honestly, like the the one brain dude that went bad or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I got to ask, they're not that tall, right? Okay, I was wondering the same thing. Because I think they're, I think they're just robes that, that, but I mean, can you imagine sending out for that? Like, ha- like <laughs> I need, the, the, I need a, I need a, a robe that flows down at least six stories. <laughs> How tall are you? Uh, f- four foot seven. Listen, sir, we value um, what we can provide to our customers here at Mark's Work Warehouse, but... <laughs> Um, you know, this is just a little bit out of our range. Do you sure you don't want something to downplay that gigantically round gray head of yours? No, no, just the, the six-story long robe, please. <laughs> We've got some nice Yankees caps. No. I God, said no. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think this is where we meet Peter Sarsgaard, right? Yes, looking extra white trash. Also, like, they aged him by, like, ten years. And I don't get... Here's the thing. I don't get, like... He is apparently supposed to be brilliant. Mm-hmm. Okay, now I I get that because uh, we find out that that you know Skarsgård is uh, Tim Robbins' kid. What? Yeah. Like what? Are you are you <laughs> in this movie about green space cops fighting yep. a fear monster? This uh-huh. was the least believable part, right? Well, this and the fact that if he's supposed to be a genius, uh, even if it is in uh, what did he Xeno, Xenobiology, I think that uh, yeah. Angela Bassett said it was. Um, yes, yes, folks, Angela Bassett <laughs> is in this movie. <laughs> um, I feel that given his the fact that he is apparently quite smart uh, and at least uh, uh, enough to do an autopsy on an alien. Uh, with his connections, either his, his dad's connections or, uh, you know, the fact that 
His friend Carol's dad is pretty well connected as well. I don't think he would be living in the hovel that he lives in. No. And teaching at a community college. Right? <laughs> like, I mean, maybe it's that maybe they're trying to suggest that like he doesn't wanna he doesn't wanna live off of the the, the privilege he has. Because I mean there's I, a line later where he says, like, there's so many other more talent, more qualified scientists to do this and his dad, like Tim Robbins, basically says, well, you're my son, so, you know, it's a, it's a system and it works. Just go with it. So, I mean, but I mean, here in, we find out that he's he's just dying to have uh, approval from his dad. Yep. From some of the exchanges that happen a little bit later. Does he not understand that his dad tapping him to do that job is his dad's tacit approval of who he is and what he's done with his life? I mean, it seems like a pretty good approval for me. I will say, I think he's turned on by alien corpses. Well, let's get to that, because he is <laughs> uh, he, he is taken uh, by some folks to a, a, a super secretive Area 54 or Bay 54 uh, type place, uh, and uh, we are introduced to Amanda Waller, a.k.a. Angela Bassett. Yep, and a repeat offender for the character of Amanda Waller on this podcast. Yes, uh, she uh, gets Peter uh, to do go ahead, or Hector. We'll use his, his character's name since he went to the trouble of remembering it late earlier. <laughs> yeah. uh, Hector is going to do uh, the the alien autopsy mm-hmm. on the uh, uh, on the fallen Green Lantern uh, corp that member that uh, Hal is replacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, while he's doing his alien autopsy, however, uh, I guess a little bit of parallax was stuck in one of the wounds i'm i don't i think yeah and it gets uh, and, on like his finger yeah and it, get, it gets on his finger and starts basically taking uh giving him powers and taking over his his body mm-hmm. but we'll we, we'll get to that because it, it's not noticeable at first you just see him you know get the uh get it on the tip of his finger and he's and he's infected which makes me to remind everyone, wash your hands. Wash oh, I thought, your hands. I thought you were going to say it reminded you of, I'm infected. I'm infected. <laughs> it reminds me, it's a, it reminds me of like uh, Jeff Goldblum in The Fly or something. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the, as that happens later, I actually have a note, man. He's got a real uh, um, Eric Stoltz, The Fly 2 thing going on. Oh, coming soon? Yeah, well, you know, I'll watch it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so back to Ryan Reynolds, he's trying to do cuz he remembers that the dude said you got to do the oath and he's just coming up with all these zany like attempts at an oath like by the power of gray skull and stuff like loved that. Love that. Love that. It was funny, but I'm also like man, even Ryan Reynolds is is like his character is saying this is stupid, but I'm like that's Ryan Reynolds saying this is stupid. <laughs> well, it's funny cuz I got what I have here next is uh I I'm I'm thinking it's an exchange Oh no, we do have the um yeah the the, the spoken oath and Grayskull, and then we he has like he has a has an out with Blake Lively. Yeah, he? they they go to the bar, right? Right, and yeah. she's she knows that he froze up. It wasn't a it wasn't a problem with the controls. It was a problem with him. And there's lots of like, th- oh, man, this romantic dialogue. This is the scene where I really started to notice it. It seems like it's written by a twelve year old because <laughs> yeah he says something about like. They, we find out they had like a one night stand, I guess, or they yes they, they they have a they have a romantic past or a tryst at the very least. Yeah, and he said, and he literally has the line that was the first time we uh, did it is basically what he says. Yeah, and we we haven't been in this 
place together since that night. You forgot it was my birthday. Did I? Mm -hmm. That was also the night, the first time that we ever flew together. Well, you've been flying ever since with anyone who'll get in a plane. Wrote this shit. <laughs> I'm guessing three or four people, <laughs> at least. <sighs> but it's basically a scene just to establish that, like, oh, he's always running away from from you know any kind of obstacle or issues or whatnot. Yes. Um, but uh, he does run into a bunch of pilot bullies. Oh, and they they yeah they they beat him down because they they he they lost their jobs because of him. Mm-hmm. But he just uses, he reaches over and punches them, and suddenly he's got like fucking uh, Miss Marvel giant yes. right hand to the face for all of them. <laughs> just, he he takes a he takes a swing and uh, it creates a, a cartoonishly large uh, fist, mm-hmm. almost a, a Bugs Bunny in proportions, and uh, sends the uh, the these ne'er do wells flying through brick walls and everything. They're not dead, but no, because that would make him a bad guy. Right. <laughs> and now, oh my God. And then he's whisked away, isn't he? Oh, yes. And I, this We world, get to meet the fish police. The fish with the boobs, right? Because when I first saw the fish dude, I was like, it looks like he has boobs. <laughs> Voiced by Jeffrey Rush, by the way. Oh, that's interesting. And that means that Jeffrey Rush has been in so many movies where he's played an advisor. <laughs> like, he's in this. He's in two Elizabeth movies. He's which in the Im- King's Speech. Which like, is odd because if you think about it, his the whole idea as an advisor is usually not to rush into things. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Uh, the only reason why I have a note here is because I got to make a fish police reference. So. <laughs> fish police. For all you 90s kids who watched other animated shows that weren't The Simpsons. It's pretty weak, the scene here, because he just, like, he learns how to... He literally learns how to fly by jumping off and then suddenly, oh, he's flying now. Like, there's, it's a really, I thought it was a really weak, like, oh, testing your superpowers type scene. Well, I I think think he's, it's also to show that the ring is actually there to not only, uh, not only for him as a, as a, as a tool or a weapon, but it will also help protect him because he instinctively, that the ring helps him fly. Yeah, it's just, for me, it's like, I don't know, one of the better ones, I think, in the whole, like, discovering your powers thing is probably the first, like, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, I really like that whole thing. It's, I think it's very well set up. I don't need the origin story four times, but I think it's well told in that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like the origin stuff in this is just like, all right, yeah, mm-hmm, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and he also like, so he's flying around, they're flying around. He's like, Hey, if your ring ever runs out, this is the charging station. And you're, you just put your ring up to the lantern and then you're good Slash to go. Oh, um, it, okay. And then we also, this is where we kind of get the breakdown of all of these, uh, green lantern core, mm-hmm. the, the, the space cops, uh, are given out to a certain portion of, any given uh, part of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like one per galaxy, which for me, that's terribly underfunded. There is no need for that. I mean, I feel if it is a universal uh, 
Protection Corp, they should be able to get some funding. Well, hey, look, and I know this isn't your favorite superhero, but Superman only handles Earth. But he's not even a Green Lantern Corps. And, but but and but that's and that's Superman. Like yeah. he has um like crazy powers and he only handles one planet. Also, if we're talking uh, if we're talking about a uh uh, DC Universe that ex- Green Lantern exists that would have to mean that all of the other Marvel characters exist Marvel? Not Marvel, DC characters oh, exist man in that universe <laughs> all the DC characters yeah. DC um, the ring was sent out to find someone to, why did it not pick Superman can, can you imagine if the ring was just flying around and he's it just goes to like Batman. <laughs> so, so there's all these pre-existing either uh, you know hyper-intelligent vigilantes or metahumans, and it, it picks a, just a, a, a regular human. I'll tell you which DC superhero it wouldn't go to: the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <sighs> so there you go. And if you're listening to this years later, you're not gonna know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So anyway, training montage. Yeah, I wrote, I wrote down what the fuck happened to John Coffee. <laughs> I had I had written down that shield, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, when he throws, when he generates a shield to throw at <laughs> at Hal Jordan, looking an awful Captain America. It was, and I also was like, what if they accidentally kill him? Well, then the the ring was stupid and it chose poorly, and then they'll take it and they'll get some. They'll choose somebody else because that's the thing with the Green Lantern Corp. You're just a number, man. You're just a number. <laughs> I always get that feeling though. In some of these training montages in movies, I'm like, what if you accidentally kill them, and then you're gonna have to start from scratch? Yeah, and you know if that's the case, you're already two days behind Parallax. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you you've just completely wasted. You've got one fucking green lantern per galaxy like are you kidding me right now and 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 by the sounds of things uh those guys with the really long robes with the short feet they don't give a shit about earth no they're assessing the situation yeah and and even later uh when you know they decide when ryan Reynolds decides he's gonna fight parallax all the other green lantern are like yeah you know whatever no go go ahead ahead. (laughs) go nuts fill your boots yep knock, knock yourself out yeah I, I do I do kind of think it's funny how they keep like insulting how like oh you're not worthy you're not worthy oh this is terrible and I'm like guys you picked him okay yeah, you got to like, deal with your choice worst pep talk in the history of pep talks <laughs> yeah he didn't come up and was like oh my god can I be on the Green Lantern court no no you sent out the ring and it picked him so yeah. just make the best of it <laughs> yeah um so and anyway I, they, no, that, he's yeah. there for he's there for like a day. He gets, yeah, and he's like, fuck this. And he's like, well, this concludes your training. <laughs> Not even, like, he doesn't even do well in the training. No, he doesn't. He's just like, um, fuck this, I'm out. And they're like, well, the ring picked you for a reason. And he's like, well, the ring was wrong, douchebags, and, like, takes off. <laughs> Later, eyebrows. Um, yeah. So we go back to Earth, and, and Hector is teaching at a community college. Oh, greatest scene. And he's hearing the voices. Yeah, he hears, like, people's thoughts. Yeah. And freaks out because he hears the one uh, college bro say in his head, he's like, what kind of freak is this guy? And he's like, freak! <laughs> and like fucking carries him out of his seat. 
Not and not not like picks him up and walks him gently in his arms, but <laughs> uses tele power of telekinesis to pull <laughs> yeah, yeah. him out of his seat. I should say carry whites him out of his seat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> why is he? I don't under, I, I mean I understand why as a kid he may have been thin skinned and and self conscious uh, uh, about himself because of how different he is, uh, you know, than his charismatic senator dad. Mm-hmm. But he's clearly he's clearly got at the very least a master's because he's teaching at a post-secondary level yeah i mean when your dad is bob roberts you have a lot to live up to <laughs> right I'm just, i just i still can't get over that casting like they look nothing alike nothing at all and uh, may, maybe uh, i don't know maybe his 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 wife was a two-bagger i'm not sure well <laughs> i will tell you this the actors are only 12 years apart in age? In age. That's hilarious. So, I and I, <laughs> and I knew watching this, I'm like, I know Tim Robbins is not that much older than Peter Sarsgaard. I guess for the, the flashbacks, I don't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Nope. <laughs> like, they could have just, they could have at least, like, aged up Tim Robbins a little bit. I don't know. Mm, or he, maybe not made Peter Sarsgaard look 50. <laughs> well, I, I think, again, I think that's supposed to just represent how, uh, I don't know, how sickly an individual he's supposed to be mm-hmm. uh i don't know if sickly is the word i'm looking for here but he's he's you know supposed to be like a basement dwelling hobbit he's a castle uh, freak yeah <laughs> uh nice full moon reference good job <laughs> um so he's it's supposed to make him like he's you know he's you know your t- kind of typical um, Hollywood cliched nerd living in the basement, scraggly hair, uh, Cheetos in the beard, that sort of thing. And his mm-hmm. dad is supposed to be a charismatic senator. So not only does he is does he is, does he look younger than he's supposed to be because he's you know he's obviously rich and probably had you know work done. Uh, so I think that kind of makes it okay. So to to explain why there's really only 12 years of difference and Peter Skarsgård, um, uh, Skarsgård looks like, I don't know, I keep Skarsgård. I think you keep wanting to say like Stellan's kid. Yeah, exactly. Or like, uh, the dude from, uh, Bill Skarsgård. Well, B- Bill Skarsgård is, that's. Yeah. The dude from it. Yeah. yeah. And then, or, or, or his, or his brother, or as you said, his dad. Because <laughs> right. his brother was on True Blood, so there's scars guards and there's a SARS guard. <laughs> We're really getting off here. You just reminded me of one of my favorite <laughs> SNL sketches. The, the Peter Sars guards, Sars guards. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I ordered all these Sars guards with my face on them, and now that Sars is over, I have nowhere to put them. Which just goes to show you, folks, it goes away. There you go. Yeah. So anyway, Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Let's just uh, let, let's just get, we're going. We we've gone quite a bit. Uh, I just want to say that this is the backstory. Basically, saying one of the brain dudes is the it was like corrupted by the fear juice or whatever. Yes, and he's the, the yellow, and and they are considering forging a yellow ring. Yeah, and then they're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> and then I think this is when we cut to that party scene. Yes, uh, with Tim Robbins talking about thinkers and doers, and you know, of course, Tim Robbins uh, is saying this to Hal Jordan, and he's like pumping him up to be, you know, you're a you 
everybody's all American type kind of kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you're you're a doer, and uh, but um, you know, Hector's there, and he takes it to mean that you know, you know, my dad looks disfavorably upon me because I'm not a doer. I'm a I'm a thinker. And he's also Sarsgaard's also getting drunk and like telling Blake Lively about the alien autopsy he did. <laughs> Yes, and making no bones about it, even though he's been told in no uncertain terms, you do not tell anybody. No, he's like, I'm not supposed to tell anyone. It's not a big deal. But I totally, I totally kind of a purple guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gets super mad and like think uh, uses his brain to like fucking crash the helicopter. His dad gets in. Yeah, he blows out the back rotor on it, which basically turns the 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 uh helicopter into uh copter jaws <laughs> yeah and the most hilarious thing is that ryan reynolds uh fucking uses the ring to like put wheels on it and create a ramp well that i and that again is supposed to you know be representative of his more juvenile mentality uh either as hal jordan or just the fact that he's kind of just starting to get a grasp on what his powers can do but it felt really um, Super Friends. I don't know if you've ever watched Super Friends uh, in reruns as a kid. Uh, it was the Saturday morning, uh, basically Justice League. Mm-hmm. So they would do battle with villains, but you know everyone was tied up and sent off to the proper authorities at the end of it. No one was ever killed, right? And this is the sort of thing that you would see happen on those types of shows. Or like the uh, the 60s um, Spider-Man where, you know, instead of straight up webbing a guy and uh, hanging from a light post right away, Spider-Man has to build like a, a web hammer to fight him with or something. You know, really, really goofy, cartoony stuff, which takes, took me out of this. I'm going to tell you, like, it, it, was, it was weird, considering he has that kind of power to just manipulate uh, stuff like that for him to build a giant racetrack inspired by his nephew's uh, Hot Wheels track from an earlier part of the movie. Yeah. It, yeah. That's the appropriate response. It just felt, yeah. And like, <laughs> I mean, it's a running thing for movies we talk about on this show, Nathan. The, the tone is all over the place. Yeah. Again. It, sometimes it's goofy in one liner and then sometimes it's like, whoa, shit, we're going there? Okay. <laughs> so he ends up saving Tim Robbins with this whole ramp idea and saves Blake Lively. And by the way, people are looking at him right in the eye. Like Blake Lively's dad is looking at him and not saying, holy shit, it's Hal. Like nothing like that. Right? Well, they, they do address that later, but not before Peter Sarsgaard becomes Rocky Dennis. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I wrote down. He reminded me of uh, freak show and Harold and Kumar. Okay, well there you go. Too. Just with a bigger head, head obviously. He's just getting. Well, that was the. It was the. It was the elongated forehead that was doing it for for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He should have worn a mask. See, there you go. Yeah. People are like, shout that's out, not Jim Carrey's character's name in that shout movie. Shout out to another Eric Stoltz movie. Oh shit! There we go. <laughs> I am not talking about Butterfly Effect. <laughs> we should though. <laughs> okay, so. This is where, yeah. Um, he goes to see Blake Lively, right? We might as well, well go to that. I think. No, first he he's uh, he's yeah he's talking about being uh, like a, a superhero or something like that, and um, I think um, 
uh, Rocky Sarsgaard tells him, uh, don't they always get the girl because he's a hero, right? And that's when, uh, I don't know if he says that to him or not. I'm, again, inebriated by this point. Um, He does go to see Blake Lively, and we find out um, he's got a bad voice. Yeah, that was weird. I was like, (laughs) why is he doing a voice? And let's just, like, for people who are not in the know, the Green Lantern, he literally just has, like, a Lone Ranger-style mask that's green. Mm-hmm. Like, there's yeah. that's that's it that's covering his face. Which makes, for them, for, you know, I don't know, the suit, or the, I'm guessing it was the suit or the rain that was doing it, uh, changes his voice so he doesn't sound like Hal. But then but at some again, points it doesn't change, though, when he's got that well, on. Well, because the, the fish police... Uh, explained to him earlier that um, the the suit does it instinctively um, to protect you and protect your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can make it stop doing that if he wants it to. Well, and, and so this is a scene where Blake Lively, they stand like, what, three feet apart for a good minute? Yeah. Before she's finally like, oh my God, it's Hal. And I'm like, girl, that should have been the first thing you said when you saw him. Right, <laughs> but she does have like a they they do kind of poke fun at like the stupidity stupidity of that where she says like oh what you think just because I like don't I can only see your cheekbones I, can't, or whatever? I can't see your cheekbones I don't know it's you yeah. yeah so I mean they do kind of but they also had them stare at each other for a while before she said anything yep <sighs> oh my god um I think this is where so this is where Peter Sarsgaard or what, Rocky Sarsgaard is, well no uh, he he. Uh, before they do that, uh, again, could be my cut, not yours. I don't know. Uh, after he does the the bad voice and she figures out it's him, he t- he does a, a whole new world with her. Takes her for oh, a flight. Yeah, no, not and, mine. <laughs> and uh, he, he yeah he takes her to fly and uh, they they sit and he he gives her uh, he creates a green lantern necklace thing oh, for her to wear. Oh yeah, no, I did get that. And I'm just like that is rife with radiation. <laughs> Like she has like twelve kinds of cancer now, That's and also like she can't safe. keep that, right? Well, obviously not because it's it's generated by the uh, the ring. So I'm guessing it's like Bluetooth. As soon as he's out of range, that thing's gonna disappear. <laughs> yeah, I was like, huh, "That's a shitty gift." If you think about it for more than a minute, <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, and then Peter Sarsgaard, his brain is freaking out, and he's in the lab. And yep. um, Angela ba- Angela Bassett, again, i still kind of shocked that she's in this movie, <laughs> uh, playing Amanda Waller, who couldn't be any di- more different from the portrayal that they give in Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> she, she's no Viola Davis, that's for sure. No, she's she's like a fairly just, I guess she's a good guy, sort of. She's not really anything. Well, she's, she's her character in general is just a bureaucrat to begin with. Yeah. Right. And I, 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 yeah, we get a, a sense that she's a little harder edged and maybe a little more evil in uh, Suicide Squad because she's just uncaring the way she talks about the, the members that they're going to be using and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there's other, a lot of other portrayals of her where she's just kind of like she's she's like that. But she's I don't know. She's a, a bottom line uh, type oriented person. Mm hmm. So if if it if it helps get them to the ends that she needs to, you know, if sacrifices have to be made, she has no problems doing it. Very straightforward, no nonsense, which is kind of the portrayal that you might you would have gotten here with Angela Bassett. Yeah, and she 
basically this is the bit where Sarsgaard is like <laughs> threatens. Well, his dad is there too, and and they they trank him. They manage to trank him. Yeah. But he fucking uses his again his like carry white powers to uh, stick the needle right in one of the scientist dudes fucking forehead. Yeah, but doesn't he uh, at first? Doesn't he touch uh, Angela Bassett? Uh, and he he sees all of her memories. Oh yeah, that are like family was killed or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So we find out that you know if he not only does he have the ability to be like Carrie White and you know move stuff around, he's like the crow. Whereas if he touches something, he can see its memories. That's right. All these way better movies we get to reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the Rage Carrie Two. Yeah, that's not okay. Oh, okay. Coming soon. Kill- killer cds <laughs> oh my god i'm so excited i was gonna say coming soon i didn't even know about that part i'm so in yeah <laughs> um, uh and so this is where um you know how spidey Sar- sense goes well no i was gonna say sarsgaard is going full on um eric stoltz in the fly too where she's like we'll get you better he's like i am getting better <laughs> and um and he gives the old bray wyatt line run <laughs> he does that's right yeah yeah so wrestling reference secured and he um, fucking uses his telekinesis to like beat amanda waller's head against the glass yes uh there's a pretty sweet no retreat no surrender kick in here in this fight <laughs> just like that jumping flip kick yeah. while the one foot's being held yeah the ghost of bruce lee shows up that's right so many that the better movies we get to reference <laughs> Uh, and yes, he just straight, Sarsgaard Hector, straight murders his dad. Oh, like, burns in, him alive. Incinerates him, vaporizes him. There's no, like, gray area anymore. No, no. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, so, and fucking Green Lantern has shown up by this point and is, like, fighting him. Um, Amanda Waller, he does manage to save with, like, mm-hmm. a pool. <laughs> The swimming yes. pool uh, of like uh, a green lantern ooze. Yeah, again, again, like you said, radioactivity. She's going to die later. Yeah, <laughs> just not right away. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so th- eventually, Sarsgaard just gets out of there, and I, I, I'm like, he's still alive. Yeah, like, <laughs> and and we have this whole thing where Ryan Reynolds goes back and chats with old Blake Lively and Taika Waititi. And mm-hmm. Blake is all like, you have to overcome your fear. That's your thing. You're not, you could be scared, but you have to overcome it. That's why the ring chose you. And I'm like. Yes, his big dramatic face your fears cliched lecture from somebody. Which, man, they are doing the best thing. She is doing the best she can with what she has to deliver. Yeah. She's got that like feisty female, uh, you know, superhero stock character down. Like she's got that, you know that down but i mean the, the, again the dialogue they give her is terrible yeah yeah um so uh, so he does decide he's gonna go back right? <laughs> yeah he goes back and they're like the fuck are you doing here you but that's the thing like, i'm day. looking at this like if this is supposed to be his his new gig he lives on earth that commute to work is a bitch <laughs> like that's a long way to go i bits and moan when i have to get up you know, and my commute to work is like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I I usually had to take two buses. Like <laughs> that, uh, that's nothing. What this, what this guy's. This got. seems excessive. I'm just getting getting out of there. Like, can't they have like a station closer to home where he can like you know, or, where you he know, can Skype a, a Comex? Like he could, yeah, you know, 
I mean, it's not, it doesn't run super regularly, but I mean, it runs long distances. So, I mean, at least that way he could save on some fuel. That's right. Yeah. But he goes up and he says, humans are worth saving, to which I wrote, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy, the brain dudes don't agree either. Um, they do not. And Sinestro is all, good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <Good luck. laughs> well, he's also a to- real Debbie Downer, too, because he's like, uh, you're all bleak and doomed. <laughs> yeah. And Ryan Reynolds is like, cool, good pep talk, bro. Yeah. I could see I could see both sides though. I could see them being a little pissed because he never finished his training and now he's like, Hey, you want to come help me? They're like, Fuck you. Yes. <laughs> you came here for two hours and then pussied out. Like, I'm gonna <laughs> fucking help you. Uh and then did you know that Clancy Brown is doing the voice of Parallax, by the way? Really? It's Clancy Brown. I did not know that. I and I wrote down I mean, hey, kudos to him for getting work, but why did they bother to get someone like fairly well known to do that when literally anyone can just do that voice and then they just um, change it? Because he is like, uh, he's pretty well known in the voice acting community too. Oh, is he? Okay. Yeah, like he's been on, he's been in a ton of cartoons. You check his IMDb, uh, a good lot of his work in the last 20 years has been like, animated shorts uh television shows animated movies and video games hmm. well ryan reynolds spidey sense ring goes off yep and uh he sees that peter sarsgaard has blake lively uh you know uh, levitated in the air with that fucking with needle with that fear with, sorry with a needle with that fear juice in it right by her neck mm-hmm. and he he tricks that old sarsgaard he does even though sarsgaard has a giant brain well, it seems to me like that that whole all the stuff that Sarsgaard's character is doing in this would would consume a lot of energy. You would think it would be tiring for him at some point. He'd have to like l- either let her down, or he should have come up with something better to. Yeah, he could have just had yeah. her strapped down. Yeah, like Made I don't know sense. why he had to levitate her the whole time. Yeah. Um. So, um, I actually have a note. He looks like Jesse Ventura at this point. <laughs> no longer looking like. No longer looking like Rocky Dennis, looking like Jesse the Body Ventura. Listen, Hal. <laughs> um, yes, he, he uh, Hal uh, offers to give him uh, the ring, yeah, the Green Lantern ring, if he just just puts her down, just yeah. and and lets them walk away. And uh, uh, Sarsgaard, who is supposed to be this uh, hyper intelligent uh, telekinetic being, falls for it. And then he goes, all right, now let Blake Lively down. He's like, I lied. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds like, so did I. <laughs> Bow. Yeah. Because he's like, he's basically like, you ain't the chosen one, bitch. <laughs> right. Uh, because he actually tells him the ring has to choose you. Uh, and this is when the, uh, the the space poop monster, a.k.a. Parallax, uh, begins the real attack. Yeah, and just eats delicious, delicious Sarsgaard. Yep. I also wrote down what kills fear missiles. Apparently <laughs> Ryan Reynolds just fucking starts shooting, like makes a fucking machine gun or missiles type thing. It just starts firing them into parallax and it actually does damage. And I was like, oh, well, okay. it's there. It's, it's the green energy yeah. of the energy of will. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, will hunting, <laughs> yes, the energy of will hunting. Uh, and, and Parallax, by the way, has taken is taking over the city, causing hundreds of deaths. 
of like oh, yes. completely yeah, yeah. innocent civilians who are stupid enough to stare at it for like a minute before <laughs> before it comes over the town. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so he, so he he the the idea here is that he's going to take um, parallax up into the atmosphere towards the sun because during an earlier training montage. Uh, he was told about like the gravitational pull, uh, and, and, you know, the closer you get, the harder it is to get away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, this is going to, this is going to sound ridiculous people. So please bear with me. Um, he takes, um, a, a, a drill, uh, creates a, a drill bot of some sort to go into parallax and tunnel through parallax and come out the other side. He, he does uh, what Ant-Man should have done to Thanos. He goes out through his butt. Right, and then, uh, so that's like, uh, psych, you missed, and oh, caught you looking, and now Parallax is too close to the sun uh, to get away. Um, he gets uh, sucked in, uh, you know, and then uh, while that's happening, uh, Hal is also starting to kind of be sucked in as well. He's trying to use missiles to, again, energy green missiles to pull him away, uh, but it's, it's just too much for him. He starts to pass out, and he's saved by Dr. Octopus. <laughs> And I also I also want to say that if this was Deadpool, I can I can see him being like, Parallax, we're gonna miss you. You flew too close to the sun, didn't you? <laughs> but alas, we don't. No. Oh, we I don't. also like how yeah, and Sinestro uh, Sinestro com- comes in like like a fucking hero, and I'm like, wow, dude, thanks for all your help. <laughs> like coming in at the last fucking second. Because, yeah, it wasn't Dr. Octopus. It was Sinestro using his some of his green powers, wasn't it? Yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, holy shit, man. You fucking saved the day, you did. He <laughs> <laughs> was, like, waiting behind the moon or something to be like, all right, now's my moment. <laughs> it's Sinestro's time to shine. <laughs> Everything's coming up Sinestro. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, and then he's all like, oh, we didn't respect you before, but you defeated Parallax, so you must be this great hero. Sorry about all the shit earlier. And there's this one point where this big cheer goes up for him because he's being accepted by the Green Lantern Corps, and it's like they're 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 cheering. And I swear to God, I heard in amongst the cheers, "Mortal Kombat." I might watch that back now and look for it. <laughs> it sounded like it. I'm not saying it was, but it sounded like it. <laughs> um, we get this super awesome green light show because hey, victory and Green Lanterns. Yeah. Um, and the, the CG fly off that was just, blech, mm. blech. get the nice wrap up to the romantic subplot where he goes, yeah. oh, what he's, she's like, are you leaving? And he goes away, never gone to which I wrote, could he make a green lantern condom and would it be effective? Well, I mean, it, it would be so, cause he would always be within the general vicinity of it. Mm-hmm. Would it, so. so it would have the same properties as a regular condom. I'm guessing, yeah. Could he reuse it? Well, it's 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 energy, not latex, so yes. Okay. Would it kill her, though, to have an energy condom? In- <laughs> well, I mean, if we're operating under the assumption that, you know, Amanda Waller was saved by a, a, a pool of radioactive goo, right. and he gave uh, Blake Lively a radioactive necklace, then I don't feel it would be safe for her at all to do that. <laughs> when you brought up Amanda Waller, I thought you meant he was going to fuck Amanda Waller. <laughs> No, no. Wait, wait, wait. You, that is not in my cut. No. 
Um, but but yeah. we did. We both get a mid credits uh, for both of our cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, however, um, <laughs> Patty had the best comment of the whole thing of when she saw it. I hadn't even written a note because I knew it was coming because uh, I'd heard about it. And I was only thinking, oh, yes, this is where Sinestro gets the uh, the green. Or not, he changes up from the green core to he finds the yellow fear ring uh puts it on and turns all yellow mm-hmm. um which sets up the you know his character which would have been in the sequel patty just goes <gasps> gold dust <laughs> yep and i was like good job sweetheart wrestling reference secured <laughs> but i guess that's the green lantern right yeah yeah that's the green lantern nathan you know i don't i don't, th- I don't think i'd recommend this movie I wouldn't either. It's 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 not good. It. I don't even care for the Green Lantern, like as a as a character in general. So I'm certainly not going to recommend people to watch the movie. Yeah, I'm not really into the character either. Even like the things that I can see in this movie that I'm like, I'm pretty sure these are part of the character. I'm just like, it's kind of and like, um, it's not even the worst. Co- I don't think it's the worst comic book movie we've talked about. No, um, but it's it, yeah, it's just it's not it's not great. It's not good. Don't no. watch it. Not even the extended cut. No. Well, Although I hear some of the um, uh, animated movies are, are worth your while. Well, there you go. There's a hearty recommendation. Yeah. I will um, say, though, I mean, uh, Justice League Doom, he, he, the, it's it's a better portrayal of the Green Lantern character in that movie. And it's all first person, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, first person shooter. Justice League Doom. <laughs> there the you crossover go. you've wanted forever. <laughs> well... As we um, rattle that around in our brains, we're going to take a bit of a break, and we will be right back. What were they thinking? What Were They Thinking is brought to you by HostGator. HostGator is a leading provider of shared, reseller, VPS, and dedicated hosting solutions. Award-winning support is available 24-7, 365 days a year via phone, email, and live chat. Discover why over 9 million websites trust HostGator. Use the coupon code SCHLUCK for 25% off your first purchase. That's SCHLUCK, S-C-H-L-O-C-K, for 25% off your first purchase. What Were They Thinking is brought to you today by GameItAll.com. Whether it's video game news, the latest in music, or movie reviews, GameItAll.com is your one-stop shop for all nerdy talk. What were they back i'm going right into the low haiku because it's running we're running a little late tonight yeah yeah we uh well we we got our talk on about the green lantern did we ever well it's time for the low haiku the low haiku is 17 perfect little syllables to describe the movie experience we just described right Mm. that's Mm. yeah that's about it so do you want to uh start us off here Sure, sure. Okay. I will. I'm more than glad to to lead the um, the evening of poetry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or afternoon. I don't know when you're listening to this. Good Could morning. be in the morning. Whatever. Could be in the morning, you know. Um, Shrove Tuesday, um, if you're going back through. Happy uh, Ash Wednesday, everyone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Space cops are the worst. Shouldn't he be more mature? At least there's no sequel. Yes, Gauss. Reynolds, lively, good. Sarsgaard, chew scenery, good. All the rest, just no. 
very succinct and good praise to the cast yes the cast is really not uh, the bigger issue in this movie no we're out here we are hey hello oh Nathan Mm -hmm. we talked about this movie what do we always say well I mean you can in this situation but we always say don't take a word for us That's right. We've got, uh, let's take a look at the Rotten Tomatoes ratings here. We've got 26% from critics, mm-hmm. 45% from the audience. Seems high. That is almost almost half of the audience that wrote reviews in Rotten Tomatoes liked this movie. I'm sure none of those reviews are hilarious and terrible. <laughs> well, let's get into it and find out. Well, let's start with the critics, as we always okay. do. Uh, the first, first review I wrote down, because I just thought it was funny because this was written in 2011 and i'm like mm-hmm. leah you are in for a ride <laughs> leah rosen of the rap says how many more of these superheroes can we take <laughs> oh, yeah strap in because it's gonna be a wild ride <laughs> um richard roper uh he wrote he's an ambiguously heroic hero mm, that's true he's not much of a hero <laughs> yeah uh, David Edelstein of Vulture uh, said, apart from having no particular reason to exist on screen, especially at these prices, it's not half bad. Oh, David, don't do that to people. <laughs> uh, uh, Philippa Hawker of The Age uh, from Australia. Mm. All right. The Great Aesthetic Misfires. The whole film looks as if it's been inspired by a particular shade of washing up liquid and the glowing screens of ancient computers. <laughs> That's a positive review. No, it's not. <laughs> Two and a half out of five. Uh, Leslie Combmail of Cinema Siren says, Green Lantern is as cheesy and has more plot holes and dangling story strings than a piece of 70s macrame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mm. Um, well, uh, Natalia Arani from the San Diego Entertainer, she gave it a fresh review Mm. and writes, well, he's not a compelling enough character or superhero to care about as Green Lantern. Ryan Reynolds is believable in his solemnly yet his, sorry, is believable in his solemnity, yet his comedic charms help him, uh, when dealing with the absurdity that comes with the premise wow and she said that was positive i again i feel his comedic charms were out of place in the uh the premise yeah Mm. well my last one here is from lindy west of the stranger out of seattle washington simply says please 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 do not make a sequel (laughs) well i have to have this last one uh it is from uh johnny gazemonic Okay. From the fanboys of the universe, this is a, a publication. This is in the critic section. This is not an audience review. Mm-hmm. In brightest day, in blackest night, no cliche will escape my sight. I guess it's really not that bad, but it certainly is loud and bright. <laughs> wow, yeah. certified critic. There you go. All right, let's get into the let's get into the doldrums here. Let's get into the audience oh. reviews. Okay. Um, for, first up, 
from Namaganda A. Okay. He or she says, I think it's amazing to watch. Three stars. <laughs> All right. Bruce B, four stars. So far from what I usually watch, but still enjoyable superhero flick. Not on the level of Batman, but still enjoyable. Four stars. <laughs> wow. Batman, huh? All right. Um, this one is anonymous. And they said, didn't show the best, but it did show us what Green Lantern looks like in real life. I just hope they can make it right with the Green Lantern core movie when it hits on July 23rd, 2020. <laughs> Three stars. <laughs> okay. Um, well, uh, Marcio or Mar- Marcio A mm-hmm. uh, gave it four stars. Four stars. Wow. And writes, the movie lost when Parallax came. It should have just been a Sinestro origin. <laughs> it doesn't sound to me like he enjoyed the movie at all. And he gave it four stars? Four stars, yeah. Oh, I, I guess uh, maybe he means like in the last 15 minutes? He doesn't <laughs> like it? I don't know. Parallax was there from the get-go. It's the driving force behind the... Whatever. Parallax <laughs> is there whenever you don't want it around. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a, it's a thing you have to deal with, especially as you get older. Um... This is from this is from uh, Superman is the best S. <laughs> so I'm guessing <laughs> Superman is the best is this person's first name, uh, and then uh, Superman is the best Psych. I guess that would be a P. He says uh, obviously this movie isn't the best, but it still gets way too much hate, and the only reason I'm I'm giving it five stars is for a slightly better overall rating. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so pity stars, okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, Olivia B, uh, one and a half stars. Why even was the darn suit CGI? I get it. The movie was made in special effects in mind <laughs> to showcase what technology was capable of. Dot, 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 sort of, dot, dot, dot. Who am I kidding? The movie looks like a fan edit of random cutscenes from a PS3 game, equally disjointed and lacking important plot points. It's a cosmic disaster. Oh, Olivia taking this movie to task. Right? Um, okay, this is from Dennis T. He says, Sorry, but I liked this movie. I knew nothing about G Lantern comics or history. Wow, you're cool, bro. This movie was a pretty good origin story. Perhaps people were put off with space being involved, not expecting that, as they also had no idea what the comic was about. No idea. So many bad movies out there. Don't bother watching some flick you've never heard of before trying this out. If you're looking for something to watch, try this one if you like superhero stuff and sci-fi. How a bajillion people can go out and see Transformers and continue to see them, yet not like this movie? That's a mystery worthy of Angela Lansbury. Four stars. <laughs> so, murder, she, murder she wrote can figure out why this movie was terrible? Mur- yep. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the weirdest episode ever. Yeah. Um, David C., uh, two stars, wrote, I hope Green Lantern Corps will be better than this film. <laughs> oh, oh, David C. He wrote that in 2019. Okay. Well, so, I think it- he might be talking about something because I have heard rumblings about them possibly wanting to try to do uh, this character again. Uh, what with the expanding DCU. Is Ezra Miller going to play him? I don't know. 
<laughs> had to get that in again. Okay. This is uh this is from oh it's nice the re- uh, independent wrestler Shingo apparently writes reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, he gives this uh, a, well I'll tell I'll read the review first. Title Green Lantern 2011. That's not the title. Story slash writing slash message slash plot two. Character slash acting one. Music slash sound one. Cinematography slash editing one. Age slash originality zero. Total, now wait for this. Total six out of 25, which somehow comes out to, you guessed it, two stars. (laughs) (laughs) So Scott Steiner helped him write the review. (laughs) Uh, We got a three star review from someone who didn't give a name. Uh, Though it seems watchable at times and has pretty decent action scenes, Green Lantern still suffers from a weak storyline and it's campy special effects. All right, I've got one more here. Um, it's a little long. <laughs> Go ahead, sorry. Oh, it's from uh, anonymous anonymous uh, reviewer here. This is one of the best superhero movies. Period. P E R I O D. I saw this soon after it came out. The story is one of the most original I have ever seen. The acting was top-notch, as were the actors. I think that's the same thing. You could tell they were having a lot of fun making this. The special effects were quite original and fantastic. Not sure why it was so underrated, because I've seen them all, and the big-budget messes they usually make nowadays generally rake in the dough at the box office but get bad reviews. This one I don't think did either of those that well, though it probably made its total budget back. Man, punctuation, dude. I think its biggest drawback was maybe it did not appeal to kids, which is basically who superhero movies are made for these days. It flowed perfectly, and when I first saw that scene with the helicopter going down and what the Green Lantern did to save it, really cool and original for special effects in my opinion. I don't want to sound cheesy here, but it also had some really good story themes such as overcoming fear, which strongly relates to real life. I don't know. They could have made the Green Lantern a little more, how do you say, manlier, I guess? (laughs) But this was way better than his other superhero one what's the name of it where he wears that red and black mask dead something Uh, easily forgettable anyways five stars well i have a short one i'm gonna leave it i'm gonna gonna put it in here uh because i feel this person is terribly confused as to what the source material for this movie was okay uh two and a half stars better than expected based on previous seth rogan version what I think this person thought this was a remake of Green Hornet. <laughs> Which is already a remake. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's in the same situation. It's based oh off of my previously existing material. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Someone, it's like someone's going to confuse it at some point. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, that was Green Lantern. The reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess uh, well, let's do a little Hinsky first before we to what's coming up next week. Here we go. There you have it. Figure that out, geniuses. Um, Well, uh, at this point, we should get Montrose in here to uh, say a few words. Okay. Hello. It's your good friend Montrose Monkington III here. Um, I'd just like to take this time to say you two should stop watching Green Lantern. You should never have watched it in the first place. The movie is dreadful. Hmm. Okay. Take it under advisement. Well, it's a little late for that now, isn't it? <sighs> Damn it. Uh, so, uh, but that being uh, aside, uh, I, w- I would like to invite everyone to, to check out the, the videos on my channel, which are uh, in 
entirely more entertaining than this movie was. Uh, plus, we have better special effects. Uh, Montrose Monkington TV on YouTube. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, uh, the group Montrose Monkington the Third Esquire and Friends. Uh, and you can also uh, tweet at me at Montrose the Third. That's the number three RD. Thank you. More later. Thank you, Montrose. You're entirely welcome. Hmm. Well, uh, if you could just read that ad copy right there for Parallax, that'd be great. Parallax, for when you need to poop so hard, you don't want to move afterwards. Parallax. That was perfect. Thank you. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, you can find our podcast. We should plug our podcast because this is the thing that we do. Um, You can find it on all the podcatchers, you know, but Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff. Just search for it. You'll find it. www.ttpodcast.podbean.com. You can also find us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at www.ttpodcast. Find us on Facebook. Just search for us. We're there. Also want to give a quick note that um, our listener's choice is coming up in June. We are uh, taking submissions for that. So if you have, you can have up to five theatrical picks plus... Uh, uh, you can also have a pick that uh, was not released in theaters, aside from those five. So a you know, small screen shameful. Small if you will. yeah, small screen shameful. So just uh, tweet us, uh, post on our Facebook page, Instagram, whatever you got to do, and we'll put it in the hat. Uh, I believe the deadline for that is going to be May the first, uh, just to give us enough time to draw and figure out the schedule for that. That being said. I think that's it. Uh, you can find us on Patreon as well. Patreon.com slash WWTT podcast. So, Nathan, mm-hmm. I've got questions. Okay. This movie, mm-hmm. this, uh, this, uh, this lantern, this green dude mm-hmm. with the lights and stuff. Yeah. In a movie where, I mean, unbeknownst to me before starting this episode, but apparently Ryan Reynolds is just not, is just not really playing Hal Jordan that well, mm-hmm. that well. Right. Um, despite his, you know, his probably his best efforts in a movie where it just wall to wall, terrible CGI with that awful green hue. I think you mean wall to waller. <laughs> I do. Mm-hmm. In a movie in which, I mean, we didn't really mention this, but Peter Sarsgaard at one point is sustaining himself on scenery alone, as mm-hmm. you like to say. Yep. In a movie where we're meant to believe that Tim Robbins is his father. Yes. <laughs> and in a movie... Which is... The, the Green Lantern, Nathan. Mm-hmm. What were they thinking? Our house had the biggest 